Good morning, everyone. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we are so grateful to you that we are here with you today, and that you are with us, my Father, in this place. I thank you, my Father, for all the blessings that are ours because of you. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your compassion and your mercy. I thank you for the richness of your word. I thank you, Father, for so many things, and I surrender to you. I surrender it all to you right now. I pray that every word that comes out of my mouth and out of my heart, Father, may be guided by you, may be anointed by you, that you alone uh, be glorified in all that we, your people, do. Speak to our hearts and speak to us, my Father, for we are just servants. We say with Samuel, your servant is here, we listen. We're here to hear. And so please, Father God, reveal yourself to us. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm going to ask you to stand a moment. Everybody, just stand up. Those that can't stand and and those that cannot, stand with your heart. Uh, Today, um, uh, today what we are looking at from from all of the lessons, but primarily from uh, the gospel that was read today, is that today we're talking about introductions. We're talking about introducing people to people. So I'm going to ask you to... Go ahead and introduce yourself to someone that you haven't been introduced to before and tell them something about Jesus. Even, even if you know their face, if you have never really shook hand with them, just take a moment to introduce yourself and just say something about Jesus. Yeah, it's on. Just introduce yourself. Just say something about Jesus. Somebody greet uh, Alwyn over there. Okay. Uh, you may be seated then, please. Let me ask you a a question. Um, Who brought you to Jesus? Who who brought you to Jesus or who brought you uh, to the church of Jesus Christ? Who brought you? Alwyn? Your mother? Okay, who else? Uh, My best friend in high school, Audrey. 
Audrey, your best friend in high school. Who else? Who brought you to Jesus? All right, all right. Alex? My mother. Your mother brought you to Jesus. All right. Who else? Who wants to share? Who brought you to Jesus? My mama. Your mama brought you to Jesus. All right. Jennifer, in the first time I came to St. David's, there was so much love, I couldn't leave. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Ashley, who brought you to Jesus? My parents. I'll give my dad credit. Your, your dad and your parents? Okay, okay. Lydia, it's nice to see you. Who brought you to Jesus, Lydia? My parents. Your parents. All right. All right. Who else? Who wants to volunteer? My stepfather. Your, your stepfather. Okay. Tim? Your wife. All right. Who else? Anybody wants to share? Who brought you to Jesus? Who brought you to his church to be part of the Church of Jesus Christ. Your mother. All right. All right for mothers and fathers. All right. Uh, Some people may have come to the Lord or to the Lord's church by themselves, just seeking, just uh, coming to the understanding that, that there was something missing in their lives that they have heard about Jesus, that they have seen the church, that, I, that they have met Christians, and that they, for some reason, there was something that called them, um, you know, in, maybe in time of need, maybe just in time of, I just need more. I need meaning in my life. Uh, sometimes people are brought to the Lord at, at times of death, or sometimes at times of birth. Uh, from all I have studied, those are some of the times that people are more prompt and their hearts are more open because they either are thinking of eternity and what happens after you die, or they're thinking they're just starting a new life, a new family, and a new child has come into the, into the world. Uh, something's got to change in my life. Uh, the old has to be put away. The new has to come. So... Uh, so some people come to the church by themselves. They just decide one day, I'm going to go visit that local church, or I'm going to go visit that church I've heard about, and, and, and they're just seeking, seeking the Lord, and, and, uh, and they come to church. Um, but most often, somebody brings somebody else to Jesus. Uh, most often, somebody else is involved. Um, the, the great majority of people that come to faith, the great majority of people that come to faith and enter into a wonderful relationship, a personal relationship with God that fills us with the joy that you and I share today, that fills us with peace and fills us with joy and, and, and hope and, and the assurance that is in Jesus Christ of eternity, uh, we, we generally are brought by somebody else. Uh, it could be uh, brought by a family member, as we have heard today, so many credits to moms and dads. Uh, but sometimes it is a friend that brings you uh, to Jesus. Or somebody that you trust. Somebody that you trust. 
that introduces you to the Lord and encourages to come to church, maybe disciples you, maybe shares with you, and, and you come to know the Lord by yourself. Let me ask you another question. Have you ever brought somebody else to Jesus? Would you raise your hand if you have been an instrument of God to bring somebody else to the Lord? Okay, I, I want to say... I want to say to you all, to everyone that is here, that one of the highest priorities in the Christian life is to introduce people to Jesus. One of the highest priorities, the highest priority of a Christian life is not prayer, it's not just praying or studying or coming to church. One of the highest priorities, together with those three, which are very, very important to worship God, to pray to Him, and to study His Word, one of the highest priorities in the Christian life is to introduce people to Jesus Christ. It should be one of the things that is, we keep in mind from the moment we wake up, because we don't know the people we're going to meet that day or the appointments that God has for us that day, but we need to always know that someone is going to come into our lives that day that you can introduce to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know it's not easy, and I know it's hard, and I know that some people are very afraid they're going to lose friends, or that family members don't want to hear, or that uh, somehow you're going to be ostracized, or you're going to pay in some way. And I say to you, yes, it may happen. It may happen. But if you are a person that belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ, you need to know that it is a, a priority that he has placed in the DNA of Christianity that we will all introduce people to Jesus Christ. That we'll become the instruments of God to introduce him to them and them to him. It is a priority, and it is not an option. It is not an option of Christianity. It is a priority that we be always open to introduce people to the Lord Jesus Christ. The person that introduced me to the Lord or introduced me to the church that eventually introduced me to the Lord, was a neighbor. A lady that lived in the apartment next to us, a young woman. And though I grew up with my parents saying we were Roman Catholics, I don't ever remember that we went to church. <laughs> if we ever went to church, I, I don't know. Um, may have been for a wedding, or may, I wasn't even baptized in the church. I was baptized in the rectory. Um, I may have gone to church at other times, but it was just so unusual for us that it just did not register. My parents did not introduce Jesus to us. Yes, we had the sacred heart of Jesus on the wall as we entered our apartment, but that's where Jesus stopped. We really, I did not know the Lord, my sister didn't know the Lord, and we certainly were not living as, as faithful Christians. It was a neighbor next door to us 
that came to my mom one time and said, do you mind if, if we invite the kids to church? And my mom said, yeah, sure, please go ahead. I think these kids need some religion. <laughs> and we were probably about eight, nine, something like that. And we started going to the children's ministry. And I want to say to you, to all of you that serve in the children's ministry, kudos to you. You may think that you are just dealing with little ones. I want to say to you that every one of you that spends time with a child or a young person to lead them to the Lord and to teach them, you just never know what God's going to do with the seed that you are planting on those little hearts. And I want to say to you, congratulations. God bless you. Do more of it. And I say to the rest of you, get involved in bringing children to the Lord. But that's how we started going to church. And we went to the, to the children's group, and we learned a little bit, and I played some sports, and I loved sports. And, and little by little, the, the Lord just kept working on me and my sister, or my sister and, and, and me, uh, or, or I. And, and eventually, here I am. You know, uh, the Lord took a hold of my heart and my sister's heart, and, and my parents eventually came to the Lord. Today they are with the Lord because uh, my sister and I basically introduced them to Jesus and brought them to the church because we wanted to go to church, so they were forced to bring us to church. And in that process, they too uh, renewed their life, committed their lives, and and. And, and came to know the Lord. And, and today, 30-some years later, I'm your pastor. And, I, and I'm, I'm, still, uh, I'm still serving and glorifying God. And be, because somebody, a neighbor, a neighbor said, took an interest. Took an interest and said, can we invite your children to come to church? Last week's sermon was on the baptism of Jesus. Amen. The baptism of Jesus really was about introductions, wasn't it? John the Baptist started telling all the people that were at the River Jordan about he that was coming. The, the one that was coming whose sandals he couldn't uh, kneel down and, and stoop down and, and untie his shoes. The one that was coming that was going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. And guess what? The heavens opened and the Father introduced his Son. John the Baptist introduced one that was coming. John, uh, God said, this is my son. And the Holy Spirit came and aligned himself over Jesus so that he becomes the baptizer with the Holy Spirit. That whole, that whole event was about introducing Jesus to people. John tells us in his gospel that right after Jesus was baptized... And because John kept pointing to him every time he came by the, by the river, uh, by the shore of the river, he would say, there, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And he just kept repeating that Jesus and pointing to Jesus and introducing Jesus to the people that were coming, repenting for their, of their sins and giving themselves to the one that was coming. And then he kept saying, that's the one, that's the one. Well, two of the disciples of John the Baptist that had been uh, baptized there by John 
decided that they were going to go check this guy out that John kept pointing to. So they leave John and they come to Jesus and said, Lord, where are you staying? And Jesus says, come, come and see. Now, we don't know what they talked about that night. But what they talked about with Jesus was so profound that by next morning, both of them were converted and they came out saying, He is the Messiah! He is the Messiah, the Son of the living God! Both of those disciples of John became disciples of Jesus. We don't know what they talked about. But we do know that that day Jesus revealed something to them about who he was, that they were both transformed. And what happens right away, we know that one of those disciples was Andrew. And what Andrew does is he runs right away to his older brother. And he says to Peter, let me introduce you to Jesus. We found the one. We found the one. And Peter comes and meets Jesus. And that's where Jesus changes his name. From Cephas in Hebrew to Petros in in Greek meaning the rock. Jesus uh, basically calls Peter and, and calls him the rock. Now the other disciple... We're not given his name. But I think we have enough evidence in the Gospel of John to believe with certainty that that other disciple is John the disciple. Not John the Baptist, but John the disciple. And the likelihood is that John also ran to get his brother James and tell his brother James that he has met Jesus and that Jesus is the Messiah. Do you know in the Gospel of Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus comes by the Sea of Galilee And he says to the four of them that are fishing, come follow me. And they leave everything to follow Jesus. Hasn't that always been kind of strange to you? That it just happens and they leave everything? Well, if I put all the Gospels together, I will tell you that Peter and John and James and Andrew had already met Jesus. Because they introduced them to Jesus. So that when Jesus comes finally to the Sea of Galilee. And he says follow me. They already know and believe that he's the Messiah. So they leave everything to follow him. That's my personal belief. The scriptures doesn't tell it that way. But when I put the four gospels together. That makes a lot of sense to me. So now we have. John the Baptist introducing people to the one that was coming. The Father opens heaven and introduces his Son as his Son, and the Holy Spirit comes upon him. John the Baptist says he's the Lamb of God. Andrew gets converted and he finds Peter. John gets converted and he goes and finds James. And you have a lot of people introducing each other to Jesus. And then we're told that the next day, after that Andrew-John-Jesus meeting, 
The next day, Jesus decided that he wanted to leave Judea in the wilderness of Judea in the area of Jerusalem, and he wanted to go to Galilee. And then he finds this young guy named Philip. And he says to Philip, come and follow me. And let me tell you this. In the Gospel of John, the only person invited personally by Jesus to follow him is Philip. Everybody else came because of somebody else. The only person directly invited by Jesus to come and follow him is Philip in the Gospel of John. Everybody else comes because somebody else took the time and loved them enough and loved God enough that they wanted to introduce him to the Lord Jesus Christ, to the Messiah, the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world. The fact that people bring people makes a very strong point for the idea of discipleship. Because when you bring somebody to Jesus, you, you have to disciple them. Please don't bring people to church and just dump them in church. We, when we bring people to the Lord or we bring people to the church, we still have to keep that involvement with them. We need to disciple them. We need to invite them to our Bible studies. We need to share the gospel with them. We need to meet with them. We need to nurture them as you would nurture a little baby just born. We don't invite people and then they sit one place and you sit another and then you have lunch after church with your friends and then they're left alone. No, no, no. No, that can't happen. We need to spend time nurturing and discipling the people that we invite. So we need to spend time doing that. And we also know in the Gospels that people invited people, which makes a very strong point for the idea of, of personal sharing and personal evangelism. Philip is mentioned one time only in, in the three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But he's mentioned 12 times in the Gospel of John. Tradition tells us that Philip died in Asia Minor, in the city of Hierapolis, and he died crucified. He died introducing other people to Jesus. But the thing about Philip that we read today is that Philip not only was invited by Jesus, come and follow me, immediately he goes and finds a friend by the name of Nathaniel. And Philip is from the same city as Peter and Andrew and John and James. Nathaniel is from the city of Cana. But they're friends. And the first thing that Philip does is he goes to tell a friend of his that he has found the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Nathaniel basically says to Philip, what good can come out of Nazareth? I mean, Nazareth was a tiny, little, bitty, insignificant city 
What good can come out of that? Shouldn't it come from Jerusalem? Shouldn't the Messiah come from a big city? He says, what good can come out of Nazareth? And all that Philip says to him is, come and see. You see, sometimes you think you need to know the whole Bible to invite people to meet Jesus. I don't think Philip had had the time to spend enough time with Jesus to know everything about Jesus. All he knew was that Jesus was the Messiah, the Son of God, that something had touched his heart, that he had been converted, and he wanted to share his testimony of what God was doing in his life and in his heart, and he was convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. That's all he needed to go tell his friend, Nathaniel, that he had found the Messiah. You don't need to know more than your personal testimony, the sweet work of God in your life, what changes he has done in your life, what good he has brought, what blessing he has brought. That's all you need to share with people. They need to, you need to become infectious in your Christianity. Contagious in your Christianity. It's not how much you know, it's how much you are. It's how much you are in your heart, a child of God, given to God, and where God sits in the throne of your heart. I don't think Philip had a chance to really know too much. Just enough to invite Nathaniel. Nathaniel has an objection. What good can come out of Nazareth? All Jesus says to him is, When he starts coming, Philip brings him to Jesus. Jesus says, There is a true Israelite in whom there is no guile, in whom there is no lie, no deceit. Here's a man of integrity, a Jew of integrity, that really wants to find the Lord. And Nathaniel says, How do you know me? They've never met before. Jesus says, I saw you when you were under the fig tree. And Nathaniel breaks down at that point. He says, you are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. You are the Lord, the King of heaven and earth. Immediately gets all converted. Now, we don't know what that meant. The Bible doesn't tell us what it meant or what happened under the fig tree. But I can tell you, God knew and Jesus knew and Nathaniel knew. And somehow, Nathaniel has spent time either praying or committing himself to the Lord or asking God for a sign or something under a fig tree. And only he and God knew what he had talked to God about. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, I saw you under the fig tree. I know what you were saying, Nathaniel. I know what you did. And immediately Nathaniel just just knows that he is the Lord, the Son of the living God. So now you have the first six disciples of Jesus, only one of whom was brought by Jesus himself. Every other disciple was brought by somebody else. They themselves were brought by somebody else, and they took the time to bring someone else to the Lord. And what a testimony that Jesus gives about the character and integrity of Nathaniel. A man of integrity. There is a man of integrity. There's a man, a real Jew of Jews, who seeks God with all his heart. 
What a testimony about the character of Nathaniel. Now, I could spend a lot of time... By the way, what I can tell you about Nathaniel is that Nathaniel was born in Cana. He's mentioned six times by the name Nathaniel in the Gospel of John. And it is believed, because none of the other Gospels mention Nathaniel, but it is very much believed that Nathaniel is the one called in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Bartholomew. Also in the book of Acts, it's the same individual. In fact, they're paired together. Philip and Nathaniel are paired together with every one of the, in every one of the lists, in Mar- Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and in Acts. Only John calls him Nathaniel. But the rest of the Gospels call him Bartholomew. And uh, he died, at least tradition tells us that Nathaniel died in India, uh, cruelly beaten and crucified. But doing what? Introducing people to Jesus, introducing Jesus to people. He was just passing on what he himself had received. Now, I could spend a lot of time telling you about Peter and telling you about Andrew and introducing them and what tradition says and how many times they appear in the Gospels and John and James and Philip and Nathaniel. But you know, every one of those guys were just as sinful as you and I are. Regular folk... Regular and important people. The one that you should be introduced to is Jesus Christ. That's the one they were introducing to one another. Because Jesus is the one that can change a life. Transform a life. Add to a life value that nothing in this world can add to that life. Add hope. Add joy, add a peace that the world cannot give, an assurance, a security for eternal life. The only one that can offer that is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah. That's the one that we need to be introducing. Let me tell you, I don't really care if you remember me tomorrow. I don't really care if 50 years from now, nobody knows that there was a priest in this place named Jose. It doesn't matter. I don't matter when it comes to eternity. But if you miss Jesus and you're not introduced to Jesus, you have lost eternal life. He's the one that we cannot not be introduced to. He's not the one that we must introduce to everyone. Because introducing Jesus is really about loving our friends. You cannot call me your friend and tell me that you love me and not introduce me to salvation and to eternal life. Because that's not friendship and that's not love. You may claim you love me, but if you withhold from me the way to the Father's house... The way to the Father's house, you have not loved me enough. Your love is being worldly and superficial. And there are people in your life that you may be withholding introducing Jesus to. And you can't claim you really love them. Because you don't love them enough to introduce them the answer to all the world's needs. And to a person's heart and to a person's life.
Sharing Jesus Christ with other people is not a matter of option for the believer. It is a a matter of uh, priority. It is a matter of priority. If you really love your friends, if you really love your neighbors, if you really love your family, you must introduce them to Jesus. Will it cost you? Yes, it may. It may cost you. It may cost you. But I'd rather it cost us with them than cost us with God. Or that they one day turn around and say, how come you did not introduce me to your best friend? How come you withheld Jesus from me? When he's the most important person in eternity to meet. Introducing Jesus is not optional. It's not optional. It's a priority of being a disciple and a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, that's what we find in the Gospels. That's what we find in the Gospel. People introducing each other to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you find it hard... And I know you find it hard, and, and please, just because I'm a priest, don't think that it's easy for me too. It's not easy always. I just know it's a priority in my life. But it's not always easy either. I mean, there are people that don't want to hear about it. There are people in my own family that don't want to hear about it. Let me give you a very easy way of introducing Jesus to your friends. And some of you know this method very, very clearly. But you know it up here, but I'm not sure you know it here. But I'm not your judge. You, you make your own decision. But in Cursillo, in Cursillo we have a motto that is used repeatedly over and over and over again. Make a friend... Be a friend and bring a friend to Jesus. You don't have to know everything, nor do you have to force yourself upon people. But you have to be genuine. You have to be real about your faith in such a way that you make a friend. And then you become a real, genuine man or woman of integrity as a friend. Become a real friend. Spend time with that person. Help them in their need. Pray for them. Talk with them. Go out with them. Share with them. Get to know them and let them get to know you. Be a real friend before you bring Jesus into the conversation. Because it becomes easier once somebody trusts you and considers you a friend. Then you can bring Jesus right into it. And their heart is open because they've learned to trust you. They've learned that you're a real friend and a person that they've come to love. Make a friend. Be a friend. Be a friend. And then bring your friend to Jesus and introduce Jesus to them. That is very, very simple. And it may take time. Don't jump You know, to the end, be a real friend. Make a friend, a genuine friend. Spend time with that friend. Show them the love of Christ without words. 
Show them the love of Christ by your actions and by what God's doing in you. And I guarantee you that when you speak to that friend about Jesus, the doors just are open because they trust you and they love you back. Let me give you another thing that I think is very, very important. And and this is not mine. I picked it up from other places. Before you talk to your friend about Jesus, talk to Jesus about your friend. You need to spend time in prayer. You need to, to be bringing that friend before the Lord on a constant basis. Asking God that by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because nobody comes to the Lord without the Holy Spirit's involvement. It is He that draws us to the Father and to the Lord. It is He that does the work. So you talk to Jesus first about your friend. Bring him into prayer constantly. Talk to the Lord. Ask the Lord to open doors. Ask the Lord to help you show the love of God to that person. And to prepare the way so that when you mention the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit has already preceded you, warmed the heart, softened the rough areas, So that your friend may be readier to hear about your love for God. Your submission to Jesus Christ. And what he has done to you and can do for them. Then you bring them to the church. Then you connect them with other believers. Then you disciple them. Spend time with them. Join them Bible study. Give them a Bible. Do whatever you would do for a friend. You do it for that friend. It's not about how much you know. It's about who you know. And being a Christian has as a priority, together with prayer and study and worship, as a priority, Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples of every nation. It wasn't an option. Being a Christian has as a priority that we are always seeking who to introduce to Jesus. And then we let them see, we let them see who we are and what God has done in us as disciples of Jesus Christ. John introduced Andrew and John to Jesus. The father declared him to be his son. Andrew went and met with Jesus and ran and told Peter. John went and told his older brother, James. Then Philip came along. Philip found Nathaniel. Now you have half of the disciples already there. And then the others come also by the involvement. Let me tell you, we always need somebody else. We, none of us come to faith all by ourselves. Maybe the initial step was to seek. But we've always needed either a pastor or a friend or a teacher or somebody to guide us through the process of discovering that Jesus Christ wasn't just a prophet. That Jesus Christ wasn't just a man. That Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. And in his hand is eternity. Always somebody needs to be involved. And your job and my job as believers is to be that someone. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you another thing. 
inviting people to the Lord or inviting people to the church is not, it's not about growing the church. It's about loving our neighbor. It's about loving that person we claim we believe, we, we love. It's not about me trying to convince you so that the church grows. The church would grow naturally if we have, have as a priority the introducing of Jesus to people and people to Jesus. The, the, there should be no question about church growth. It's about loving others with the love with which we have been loved so that they get to meet the living love of God in the person of Jesus Christ. Do you love your family? Do you love your friends? Do you love your neighbor with the love that God has for them and the love that God has had for you? That's what this gospel today teaches us. We are called to introduce Jesus to people and people to Jesus. We may not be called to change the world, but we may be called to change one person's world. I may not be able to be the greatest evangelist in the world, but if I can change one person's heart, one person's life, I would have done what the Lord has said in my heart to do. And so you and I know that that is the calling that God has in our lives, that we cannot evade it or avoid it. It is a priority that we introduce people to Jesus, connect them with the church, and disciple them by love, in love, into the kingdom of God. That's what, that's, only Philip was brought by Jesus directly. Everybody else came because somebody else brought him in the gospel of John. Amen? Amen. You get it? Yes. Are you going to go do it? Yes.